Podcast Studios. This, this is the award-winning After 9 with Scott and Kat. Today is a very special day. March 23rd is National Puppy Day. We are ready to let the dogs out. It's showtime. Can I start off with some great DMs? Oh, hello, everybody, by the way. Hi, everybody. Hi, hi, hi. Um, yeah, let me turn this down here so you don't get any crazy feedback. Nobody likes that. Thank you. Um, so I got a few that I wanted to get to, and thank you guys. You can message us anytime. And if you do want to remain anonymous for whatever reason, we will totally do that for you. Um, this is from uh, Corey. Today, I got to an experience, a similar experience to you As I listen to the podcast in the drive-thru, Corey is listening back. So he's going into the archives at this point, I think. He says, I was listening to the episode about male chastity belts. Remember that? Oh, yes. I do remember that. I paused the episode to pay for my Starbucks. Then it started playing on its own right after. Just as Scott yelled, give me back my cock. (laughs) (laughs) The poor barista was so confused. And concerned. Love the podcast. Thanks for that, Corey. Um, there's also one here from R. Royers. Hey, Kat, longtime listener of the podcast. You guys are amazing. You keep me entertained during my commute every day. Thank you for that. Um, I like when Jay, uh, Dave gets to join on Fridays, too. You should freak them both out, he suggests, by on terrestrial radio, shouting, Happy Mother of a Monday! <laughs> yeah. He I, would, too. I, yeah, and yeah, yeah, no, Scott, Scott, I don't, I wouldn't do that to Scott's poor heart. Scott, nope. he already freaks out if I try to say Happy Friday, anything like that on the radio, so. Um, this is great. So Peter, Peter is a Uber driver, basically, and mm-hmm. he was playing. Long-time listener, too. Long-time listener, Peter. We love you. You're great. Um, and he plays our podcast in the car so that people, his passengers can listen to it. And he said, it's amazing. Everybody laughs and likes it. But today I got a wuss. I was driving from Innisfil to Cookstown and she asked me, Hey, can you please change this? This is weird for me. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So I only said, I mean, I said to, uh, I said to Peter, I just hope that it doesn't wreck any ratings of yours because it's our fault. So we can personally call that person if they give you a bad rating. But he said he didn't think that that was the case. Uh, Thank you for your DMs. We will accept them about anything, whether it's something we're talking about or just a story that you have. Um, I do occasionally, by the way, get people asking for um, my opinion on things. Uh, Basically, like they want to know if we will do Ask Anything. So that is something that we are discussing, guys. If you guys want to ask anything, and maybe it's something about what's happening with you and you want our opinions on it, or maybe it's a question for Scott and myself, maybe we'll do that one with Dave, too, because there might be some questions for Dave. So sure. leave that with us, and maybe we'll do it either this Friday or next Friday. I'm going to read you a DM that basically sums up all of the DMs I've had for the last two weeks. I don't normally DM you guys because you probably get a million a day. But dang, that rant on the vaccine rollout is the epitome of how I feel and probably a lot of Canadians. I've already come to the conclusion that this rate, my age group, which is late 20s to early 30s, will probably be done by the end of 2021. Preach. Uh, Thank you for that. Uh, The vaccine rollout thing, like I said, I got a ton of DMs about it. And that's good. I mean, I love the interaction. Uh, Listen, when it comes to the vaccine rollout, we're getting two million doses this week. Is it? Is it something like that? I think, yeah. Hey, that's great. Let's just get the shots in arms. Let's just get the shots in arms. And I know they say we can't we can't vaccinate our way out of this. Yes, we can. We absolutely can. And we will. There was nine deaths in Ontario yesterday. Nine. That's a tenth of what we were getting like a month and a half ago. 
We can totally vaccinate our way out of it. Oh, and not to mention they're seeing they are seeing a huge drop in the case count for those 80 plus. So that Mm -hmm. tells you something right there, too. So that's good. That's right. This was never really that dangerous for the younger folk. This was something we did to protect the older and more vulnerable people. We've done a good job at doing that. Uh, and, And as long as we keep getting those vaccines into the important people, the ones who need it, then we're good. But here's a question for you. And and this is one thing that I don't even know how I feel about it, but they've announced that in phase two of the vaccine rollout, they're going to vaccinate education workers and restaurant staff. Okay, so that's yeah, yeah, that tells me, though, that, okay, um, so they want to keep make sure that schools can continue to function uh, Mm -hmm. as best they can. I mean, some of them aren't functioning well as is, so they want to improve that. And that also tells me they want to keep businesses like restaurants who have taken a massive hit, keep them going. You know what I don't understand though, is if all of this for the last year was done to protect the older folks and the, the vulnerable, those who have preexisting conditions, those who can't take vaccinations, compromised immune systems, et cetera. And it's not really that dangerous for younger people. And we all agree that the protocols that they've put in place to keep restaurants and schools open are fine. Then why are we going to vaccinate? I don't know, a 25 year old hostess in a restaurant when there's 60 plus year olds that haven't been vaccinated. Do we know that it that it's going to be any age group working in restaurants and there's no rules around that? Do we know that for sure? Yeah. I mean, they're not going to go in and just vaccinate the restaurant workers that are over 60. They're not going to go in and just vaccinate the teachers and support staff that are over 60. It's going to be all of them. If you fit into that category, you're going to be able to get vaccinated. And I'll I'll tell you the truth. I mean, I don't want to tell anybody what to do because I know that everybody, sorry, not everybody, a lot of people want this vaccine so that they can get back to somewhat of a normal life. Me personally, I'm willing to wait my turn, even though I really want it. If they come to me and say, Scott, as a member of the media, you're an essential worker and we got to make sure you're safe. We're going to vaccinate you. Depending on where we are in the rollout, I may say I'll wait my turn. Take that shot you were going to give to me. Give it to some 55-year-old who is right there on the door of of, it could be dangerous for them. Give it to that 50 to 70-year-old. I'll wait until we're doing the 40-year-olds. Then I'll take my vaccine. I don't want to get mine ahead of somebody older who's in a vulnerable age group. That's just me. I mean, hey, I'm not going to criticize anybody who's offered a shot and is allowed to have a shot and takes it. I'm certainly not. That's just going to be my personal choice in that I want it bad. I want to travel again. I'm missing a lot of shit down south right now. I miss my son's first NCAA game on Saturday, but I'm going to wait until it's my turn. I don't want to get the shot ahead of somebody who actually needs it. And you actually brought up an interesting point when it comes to the schools. Are there any schools that don't have some sort of an outbreak? Because while things seem to go pretty well in the fall, it seems like it's really going sideways here in the spring. There seems to be a lot of infections in schools. Yeah, I don't. I know it's it's not great. Um, so the school thing, I'm. I mean, I'm big on get get them in in teachers' arms. You know, absolutely. And and anyone working in the school, yes, please. Uh, because I want that to be able to still function. I don't want it to be September and we still haven't hit that yet and we're still vaccinating and it's shutting down classrooms again. No, thanks. Like, not Mm -hmm. a fan of that. Let's get shit back to normal, at least in the classroom for these kids. And if vaccinating teachers um, and and all workers, by the way, all bus drivers, everybody involved in that, that's important to me. I understand where you're coming from when you're talking about restaurants, but I think to to them, it's more, uh, they got really fucked hard. 
like real hard. Those businesses, those those staff that were on EI, whatever you want to call it, CERB, for so long, like they want to make sure that they are able to function and feel confident in functioning properly in their business to continue to run and not have to get shut down because of cases based on their employees. So I get that, and I, I assume that they're making those choices with all of that knowledge in, in like included, right? You know, another one, too, and I don't want to single anybody out. I'm certainly not going to judge if you're allowed to get the vaccine and you're offered the vaccine and you want it, take it. But again, I'm questioning this phase two rollout here. Uh, Why are we going to be vaccinating? I don't know, 18 year old grocery store workers. Is it really necessary to vaccinate as a priority? A young, healthy grocery store worker. And I get that they're frontline. I really do. And they've had an important job and they've kept that supply chain going all the way through the pandemic. But again, if I'm a, I don't know, 20 year old healthy adult working in a grocery store. okay, because of where I work, I'm technically entitled, but I'm not dealing with the public. I really just stock shelves. Do I take that vaccine ahead of somebody who is probably a lot more vulnerable in an older age group? It's going to be something that people talk about a lot. I don't know what the right or wrong answer is, but uh Either way, I hope this goes smoothly. We need to get these shots out, Kat. I mean, it's every day thousands more get vaccinated, but we need that to go even faster. Did you watch any of the news coverage of what was happening yesterday in Florida or sorry, in In Colorado? Colorado? Yeah, I was just, you know, I was just reading a really heartbreaking story about one of the um, people that were shot. The officer, in fact, that was shot and killed. And I'm not sure if there's was there more than one officer that was shot or was it just the one that was killed? As far as I know, it was one Boulder police officer. And the the guy, according to his father, had seven kids and was actually looking actively for a new job for the safety of his family because he was worried something like this could happen. Like how like it just break this 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 whole, this whole thing breaks my heart. It really does. Well, you know, this is a uh, it's going to start the conversation again. America, you guys just had another mass shooting. Another example of somebody who was very well armed walked into a public place and indiscriminately started shooting at people. It's the second one in a week. What are you guys going to do about it? And, and for a long time. We had a lot of mass shootings when Donald Trump was in office. And, and you'll probably recall there was a lot of Democrats calling for gun control. Mm-hmm. Now the Democrats control the White House and all of Congress. Are we finally going to get meaningful gun control in America? I don't want to tell another country what to do. I can tell you that the way we do it here in Canada seems to work. I mean, take away all the illegal guns that keep coming in here over the border i mean if you're a canadian who wants a gun it's not an easy process could they even do something like that in america i'm really curious to see what joe biden does because last week it was the shootings in atlanta this week it's the shootings in colorado america you've got a problem with guns i don't even know what the what the answer is and i oh my gosh i don't envy those who have to try to come up with what the correct answer is but they're in so deep in some cases, Scott, in some places. I'm not sure they can they can manage their way out of it in some places. Or I think it's going to take a long time. Let's put it that way. I just don't understand how they can get over this and, and make everybody happy. Because I get that there's Americans who believe that it is a constitutional right to have guns and bear arms. Okay, fine. Maybe it is. Maybe it isn't. Maybe that's what they intended. Maybe that's not what they intended. But even if they did say, you know what? 
hard cap, no guns, screw you. And if you do have a gun, you can't have a magazine that'll hold more than six bullets and it can't be in any type of way automatic. Well, that would solve a lot of the problem. But will it? Because there's so many guns on the streets down there. I don't know if they could ever disarm the Americans. There's so many That's what of I them. I mean, I think there's it's, there's so it's going it's a massive task. This is nothing that will even be done when Biden like with just with Biden's terms, even if he goes eight years like it really won't. They're in that deep. Yeah. Getting rid of the guns they've already got is the biggest problem. Yeah. I mean, they can put something in place for going forward. But so far, they haven't even done that. They haven't even like, done I that. I assume that they have gun amnesties and everything else that we have here. Right. But but I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. either. I'm not sure. Maybe that's something they need to look into. More of those. Uh, More of a safety net or for those who do turn them in to feel safe and feel like they're not going to get snitched on or anything else. I think that's another important thing. Um, I don't even know how you go about, because we hear so many times, too, that these guns are accessible um, in a lot of cases where young people are accessing them from parents or grandparents or, you know, how do you make sure that these people are actually locking up and controlling the weapons and making sure that they're tucked away and locked up. You, you, I don't know how you go about doing that. Do you knock at every door? Jeez, that's going to take a, forever. I don't know what the answer, that's what I mean when I say I don't know what the answer is, but I think that that's a big issue too. You know, I mean, if you own a gun, that comes with great responsibility. It really does. And part of the responsibility is safe storage, safe care. Uh, we have rules here in Canada that mean you can't store the gun and the ammunition in the same place. I mean, there's a lot of fail safes that we've got in place here. Uh, I've mentioned it before. You have to take a weekend long course and then wait 60 days and then you can apply to the federal government and then you get kicked down to your local police force after you've passed that check. There's a lot of checks and balances here in Canada that mean legal gun owners are well vetted in this country down there. It just doesn't seem safe. I mean, fuck. Don't you guys believe in the pursuit of happiness and, and the pursuit of liberty and, and safety? How can someone just going to a grocery store on a Monday afternoon get gunned down in cold blood by some asshole who legally mm-hmm. had the gun? Yeah. It's crazy to me. Anyway, uh, we've got a whole bunch of other things happening that I want to get to in this edition of After 9. And I want to start in Florida, where all great radio fodder comes from. You, I think we all know somebody who's... Just living too young. There's certain things that you're just too old for, right? Can we agree on that? Yeah, I mean, I, I do agree on it. And and I don't want to put that out there blanket. Like, yes, you can be too old to do something. Because I know people hear that and they think it's harsh. But in certain cases, I, I would have to agree with that. One guy and one girl. He is a 48-year-old man named Grant. She is a 41-year-old woman named Lauren. Decided, you know what? Even though we're in our 40s, we're not too old to party for spring break like the university students do. So they made their way down to South Beach, Miami. They're doing all the spring breaky things. And, you know, I mean, I'm sure it's just eye candy for days down there. You got all those beach bods drinking in the street, partying on the beach. You've got music playing. It's good times. And, And maybe as a 48 year old, you feel like you fit in and maybe you do. But you took things a little too far here, Grant and Lauren. Saturday afternoon, 1.45 p.m., police got a call about a couple that decided they wanted to do some raunchy things in broad daylight. When police arrived, and I'll read this directly from the police report, 
Lauren was lying on her back with her lady parts exposed and free. Grant was in front of her performing a generous favor. <laughs> That's, it actually says generous favor? Generous favor. Then it goes on in the next paragraph to say Grant was performing cunnilingus, better known as the union of the mouth with the vulva. Oh, my God. Why do they need to go in? Like, we got it the first time. Why do they have to do that? I don't know. I mean, fuck everyone from the people that were there watching to the cops to the judge that will inevitably hear the case knows exactly probably knows 15 different ways to say he was going down on her like how in many, public how many details do you need seriously is there a little bit of sand in and around there too just because of where they were <laughs> explain to me her facial expression as it was being received please <laughs> was it did it look like it was right at climax point when they found them or were, were they leading up to that or was she <laughs> sipping on a drink at the same time i mean i need more information Grant was performing, quote, cunnilingus, better known as the union of the mouth with the vulva. Wow. Wow. I'll bet you that cop was laughing his butt off. Absolutely. Or her butt off writing that up. If you're a cop there, you, I mean, you've seen, you've seen a lot. Uh, You've seen a lot. Grant was arrested for lewd and lascivious behavior. Lauren was arrested for exposure of sexual organs in public. Right. They are both facing punishment. Okay, listen, first off, anybody who walked by that scene probably thought, who lost their parents? Somebody come get your parents out of here. Dad's going down on mom in the middle of the street. Get him out of here. (laughs) Fuck. (laughs) Can you imagine what goes through your mind? You're partying for spring break. You're probably double fist in it. A couple cans of beer or whatever going. And there's these two here. Exploring the union of the mouth and the vulva in public. She looks over. Oh, hey, there's my daughter. Hey, baby. (laughs) Once your daddy finishes up, I'll buy you a round. (laughs) Fucking gross. Okay, so when you ask the question off the top, I mean, yeah, don't try to spring break at that age. It's not the same. Look, there are things that you can do. Can you still drink your liquor, have fun, and dance? Fucking right you can. Yeah. You can do that at any age. Sure. But take a look around you. How do you not at that age take a look around you and see a bunch of, I assume, anywhere between 18 to 24-year-olds and go, uh, what do we think here? Is this a good place to party or should we maybe, do we, do we have a lot in common with these people or no? I, I just, I from my personal experience, I think I'm too old for that shit. Uh, like, so I don't understand how you, at like, you're in your late 40s can, can do that. I mean, that's a, that's a midlifey crisis shit to me. It seems like it, right? Yeah. Holy shit, guys. I don't, why don't you just go to like a resort or something like that? Go yes. to fucking Margaritaville Dude. with the other 48 and 41-year-olds. If you want to fuck around in public, like there are places that make you feel like you are. There's a lot of resorts where you can t- go ahead and tickle that fancy. Do you remember when we gave away, uh, we gave away once on uh, our, our morning show at the time, we gave away a trip. Mm-hmm. To an to a resort where it was mm-hmm. basically like a fucking swingers resort. It was a swingers it resort. Was, it straight up was right. And I don't know if we realized at the time until we really looked into it and we went, "What the fuck? We're sending people to a swingers resort." Yeah. So there are places like that that exist that I know they would be perfectly fine with you doing your cunnilingus on the beach, fucking have at her, face in vulva, no <laughs> worries. 
Imagine what the hot tub is like in a place like that. Oh, I'll bet you it's like dude. fucking disgusting. Oh, dude. Who would go in that? It's basically like a cum pond. <laughs> With bubbles. <laughs> Just fucking cum bubbles. <laughs> Vag juice pouring from the tub. Yeah, I mean, it's not, uh, it's not anything I would want to dip my feet into, let alone my whole body. I got accused of toxic masculinity today. Yeah. I've never had that before. Nobody's ever accused me of toxic masculinity. I think most people who listen to the podcast understand that I'm a lot closer to a feminist than anything else. But we were talking about drinks and it's a simple story. More than half of people admit they are too embarrassed to order their favorite drink at a bar. Mm -hmm. We know where that comes from, right? There's certain stereotypes that exist and like it or not. And it's not toxic masculinity to say it. There are stereotypes. If I'm out with a bunch of buddies and we say, yeah, let's go grab some drinks. If we all go in, they order a couple pitchers of beer, maybe a pound of wings each. And I sit down and order a fucking Bellini or a a strawberry daiquiri. I'm going to get some looks, maybe even some chirps. That's the way it happens more often than not. But you actually had an interesting perspective this morning, Kat. You said we should normalize it. Well, I mean, the, you know what it is? The guy, the way, and I've, I've, I've been a server before and a bartender. Okay, fine. But that out of it, whatever. All you need to do is live life to know that there is absolutely a stereotype when it comes to guys. Sure but the way is. that guys razz on other guys, it's like, come on. Like, you, you guys are the worst to each other. And I'm not sure if just because you're, you're all dudes, you're just like, whatever, I'll take it, don't care. But, man, if my girlfriends talk to me the way that some guys talk to their guy friends, and I think that's where the biggest issue lies, I'd be like, fuck you, man. Forget you. But if you want to order a daiquiri, I mean, absolutely, you should order a daiquiri. You know, and uh, anything, Bellini, there's apple martini. I know guys that like all of those things. And some of them are just confident enough they don't give a shit. But I know that in a lot of cases it depends on their company and the company of other guys, it seems, when it comes to males. They're afraid to do it. Um, And we got so many text messages on this today. Laura said, my fiance and I have been together for four years. He realized how much I love my girly drinks. He started trying them. And now he orders them all the time. I don't care. Uh, But again, see, when you're with your significant other, you eh, maybe a little more comfort to do it there. Tiffany said, I'd be okay with it on a date. It actually makes for a good talking point. And then I could actually try it. Um, I love that. Wait a second. You want him to order it so you can so you drink can it? it. <laughs> That's, okay. I'm assuming, you know, sure. maybe, maybe normally, uh, your spouse might order a beer, let's say, and you just hate beer, but if they're willing to try something you like or a fruity drink and you like a fruity drink, oh, well we can share. Nobody wants to share that though. Like, let's be honest, get your own drink. Um, but yeah, you could. Uh, yeah. yeah, and then you so know what? Like, Not in a pandemic. Get your own fucking drink. Yeah, that's Fuck right. You. I mean, let, let's make that perfectly clear. <laughs> uh, and then someone called you a drink bully for saying absolutely that you because you admitted, okay, you're in a group of guys. You got four guys. Let's say you guys are out on the patio this summer. One of your buddies orders a fucking whatever, a killer Kool Aid, and it comes with a fruity little kebab on the top of it. Nice umbrella in it. Yeah, you're, you're saying something. Probably, but that's the stereotype. And you know what? I can take it. So that's no problem. I drink a lot of martinis and there's people who think that martinis are a girly drink. Right. Yeah. Now I can tell you my particular martini. I don't think you'd think that if you tried it, but people think it is. It's probably the way the glass goes or the yeah. fact that when I order it, it takes about 15 minutes to detail all the different instructions on how I oh want God. it done. You are a high maintenance martini man. 
But I have no problem drinking that. I'm comfortable drinking whatever the fuck I want. I personally, I don't like those fruity drinks. To me, it's just way too much sugar. Like you can That's drink fine. a you can drink a daiquiri or you can have a Big Mac. It's the same amount of calories. I'll take the Big Mac, thank you. But that's just me. Well, there's hey. a lot less sugar in that one, too. Well, that's true. But, I mean, if I'm out with a bunch of guys, I can totally see it happening. I can totally see it. If we all sit down and we're ordering beers or Caesars, martinis, even wine. Okay, fine. But if somebody orders a cocktail of some sort, and there's certain ones that are worse than others. Guys can order certain cocktails and nobody's going to say shit. If a guy orders a Tom Collins, yeah, yeah, whatever. Jack and Coke, fine. It's I think when you get into the real tropical drinks, that's where right. the the reputation is that it's typically a female skewed drink. Right. And I I mean I've seen it even before like my husband drinks wine, um a lot a lot of guys do, and then I do see it sometimes where it'll be like, "Oh, you're going to have wine, you're going to have a beer." And he's like, "No, this is this is better on my stomach." Like, what do you fucking want from me? Like, you want me to down a beer just to appease you and then later have my stomach hurt? No. Um, so again, I drink wine in restaurants all the time. If I go out for dinner, I'm drinking wine before I'll drink a beer. I almost never drink a beer at a nice and restaurant. I don't know why, but some some people will, will think that that's feminine. I don't understand. But that's why I want to do away with all these stereotype, this stereotype bullshit about drinks. It's a drink. Uh, and Andrew mentioned the term, and I have heard this term before. It's called male fragility. So it's fragility. Called, yes, Explain. male fragility. So male fragility is when guys are too worried about doing things based on what other people will do. And it's specifically to males. This is a specific male thing. It's part of, he says, the toxic male culture that's getting called out. Um, I enjoy a scotch on the rocks as much as I enjoy a daiquiri. There's no shame in it. Order what you want. Get over the peer pressure bullshit. And huh. I mean, I have to agree with Andrew. And yeah, okay, there's a term for it. But I mean... We all know what it is before you could you you could slap the term male fragility. But when you bring up certain things around guys, don't you feel like it, it all depends on your company because you don't want them to. And what, it might be about anything. You are you manscape, for example. Yeah. OK, so uh-huh. when you talk about things like that and you talk about your routine, I don't know if you even bring that up with your guy friends. But do you find you're a little more hesitant to do that based on any judgment that you might receive? Well, I mean, it's weird to talk to other guys about my dick and and what I shave in and around (laughs) it. it. Really? Yeah, I mean, I don't usually do that. But also, I've got a lot of confidence. Whether I'm out with guys or girls, colleagues or strangers, it doesn't really matter to me. I'm doing what I want to do. And um, back to your point about the guys, it's not just in bars. So when my son was playing lacrosse uh, when he was younger, we used to travel to the States all the time. And all the dads would sit around in the lobby or outside drinking beers in the parking lot. There was one dad who only liked red wine. And I distinctly remember people chirping him about it. Come on, have a beer, have a beer. Not everybody likes beer. And one other thing I'll say is it does to a lesser extent, but it does go both ways. Got a text message this morning from a female who was listening. Mm -hmm. She'll go out with her girls. They'll all order, I don't know, sangria. Killer Kool-Aid, like the typical, stereotypical girly drinks. She orders a Guinness and they always bring it up. They always bring it up. Nobody questions the food. Nobody questions the food because I don't think food is necessarily societally divided that way. Yeah. 
Why? I mean, but why? And then, like, just really step back and look at this and think about it. Like, why are we even judging people based on what they choose to consume for themselves? They're not ordering it for you. I'm not sitting down at a table saying, hey, friend that doesn't like seafood, um, why don't you try some of this shrimp cocktail? No, it's fucking mine. I ordered it for me. Same with a drink. So I just, I don't, I don't know why people have to really give a fuck what other people are drinking or eating, regardless if you're a girl getting a scotch, if you're a guy getting a daiquiri. Like, who fucking cares? Sometimes it's easier, though. Maybe this is part of where the pressure comes from. If I'm going over to a buddy's house to have a couple of drinks, even if I do like daiquiris, I'm not going to ask him to pull out the fucking blender and make me a daiquiri. Just whatever you got. What do you got? Beer? Fine. Give me beer. What do you got? Vodka? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Throw some uh, cranberry in it. I don't give a shit. Just give me whatever. I'm not going to make him figure out how to make me a Tom Collins or something like that or, or an old fashioned. By the way, old fashions are delicious. I had one last week and fuck, I forgot how much I love those things. Mm -hmm. Uh, The rest of this, uh, when we order drinks, there's a few things that we take into consideration when we're out. How much does it cost is the number one factor. (laughs) I'm like that, though. When it comes to a martini, I don't think twice. Whatever it costs is whatever it costs. I like what I like and give it to me. You know roughly how much it'll cost. Sure. Oh, but some places are charging like $16 for a martini now. Yeah. Like, let's let's just talk quickly about drink prices. Yep. I don't know why the price of draft beer is up around nine or ten dollars when we used to pay about four for a draft. But fuck off. I know. And I wonder about the upcharge in restaurants now. And I get it that the restaurants are maybe finding ways to make a little extra cash. I don't know if that's going to impact drink prices. I really don't know. But uh, I know that for some it has. I can tell you for a fact that some people have raised their drink prices because I've been told by people who work at those restaurants. So it's frustrating it's when ner- I want a. Yes, it makes me nervous. I'm I'm glad in here in Ontario we've got the corking fee thing. So for example, when I'm looking at wine lists, it will shock me sometimes because I know the worth of the wine. I I shop at the LCBO, okay. So even stuff that you can get at the LCBO, I know the rough price, and I understand there's a bit of a markup, and I'm willing to pay that at a restaurant for sure. Of, of no course, problem. you're getting a service. Absolutely. So not a problem at all. But sometimes, Scott, it's like almost twice the amount. Like, and, I'm going to order a bottle for my girlfriends. The bottle's $15 at the LCBO, let's say. Okay? Okay, so let's look at this. You want to charge me 35 fucking dollars for that? Like, I know what it's worth. Mm-hmm. It's, it's just some of it's astounding. So I do look at drink prices, but more so because I know that some people, some places, will upcharge like crazy. And even the servers in a lot of cases, they're just innocent in all of this. They didn't create the drink prices. They'll say, Oh, I know. Just bring the bottle in next time and pay the corking fee, and it's cheaper. I'm like, How does you. that work? I've never brought a bottle to a restaurant. Okay. How much is the corking fee, and is it worth it? So my girlfriends and I, when we had Christmas, the I guess it must have been 2019, when we all had our big uh, Christmas get-together, a couple of girls, as gifts, because we, we do a gift exchange every year, a couple of girls got bottles of wine, and we happened to be out at a restaurant when we did our gift exchange. So we had the wine bottle. So although we didn't plan it, we asked the server, since all of us were basically drinking wine, uh, how does that work with the corking fee? And she's like, oh, you have bottles here? Great. It was a charge of whatever it was. I want to say it was around like eight bucks or something like that. And the bottle's yours. And that's that. And you can even, you can bring it home with you just like you brought it in. Not a problem at all. It's a corking fee. That's it. So they give, they get a little bit of money. They know that you're going to be able, they're going to be able to basically watch you drink. So it actually helps them in terms of, you know, smart serve and making sure that they don't over serve. And what I mean by that is some people, 
might be so willing to save some money that they fucking pre-drink before they enter any bars and restaurants, right? So it kind of eliminates that a little bit if they know some of those people don't want to spend that money, so they'll enter drunk. Or, I don't know, some people might go as far as to put a flask in their purse. Like, I don't fucking know. Oh, I, guess you have to be re- I guess you have to be really alcohol dependent to do that. But I, I do like the corking fee thing. I, I would do it. I would do it again for sure if I know I'm going to be at a place for a long time. If not, no, I just get a glass or I split a bottle. That's no problem. But if I know that we're going to devour several bottles of wine in a table, yep, I think that we would go all in and we would pick out wines we liked. That's another thing, too, because you can't always get the wine you like at every restaurant. And to be fair, it's not like they can hold every single wine there is. So uh, I think it's a great way to do it. You're right about the selection. There's certain places that have got fantastic food, great service, great location. I love everything about it, but their wine list is shit. And I hate that. So, but I've never wanted, I've never even crossed my mind to just bring my own bottle and pay the corking fee. That's interesting. Thanks for the info. Uh, So price is number one. The second most important factor when we're ordering drinks while we're out, how much alcohol is actually in it? (laughs) if you're gonna pay that much money you want something that's gonna get you there the fastest right 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 it's something that i don't think about as much now than i used to when literally the purpose of going out with friends was let's get a little lit tonight right then i take a look at it but that doesn't happen to me as often anymore anyway when i'm at a restaurant i'm usually either you know oh i gotta get up early the next morning so i don't really care about that as much or i'll purposely order something that doesn't get me that drunk which is I mean, you know, you've been around me when I have beer. I will sit there and nurse that thing for like two hours. One glass, one 12-ounce glass. I will nurse it the whole time. So there's ones that are my go-to for that because I know I won't get drunk. I could probably still drive if I drink this thing slowly for an hour and then don't leave for another hour maybe. Um, So, and then there's other things that, yeah, if I'm out to get shit-faced, I'm out to get shit-faced. So I will take a look at that. Sure. And I mean, when they're charging eight, nine bucks a drink... You probably want some good value for your money. And if getting shit-faced is the goal, you want something with the most alcohol in it. Third most important factor, what are the ingredients? Is there anything in it that you don't like? Mm -hmm. Now, that could be a simple, oh, I'd like that cocktail, but I don't like gin. Is there gin in that? It could be that. Or it could be like a, a Caesar. Caesars are getting so excessive lately. You order a Caesar and it comes with like a fucking quarter pounder on it. It's nuts. <laughs> Can I say though, I like that though. I not not the full fledged burger. And I know there are places that basically put a meal on top of your glass, which seems really awkward to try to eat too. But I don't mind. I like a pickle with my Caesar. In fact, yep. I put a little bit of pickle juice in my Caesar. Try it. It's good. Um, I like a pickled whatever the hell they put on it. I'm down for that. I like a little bit of a, an appetizer with my Caesar. That's the kind of the main reason I actually enjoy Caesars. What will the bartender think? The survey found we actually care more about the bartender's opinion than what our friends think. Mm. Does it make a difference if it's a male or a female bartender? No, no, not not for me. That really doesn't, none, none of that matters to me at all. I, I do, though, I will ask advice from a server for, mm-hmm. let's say, the wine list. Let's use that example again. Only I usually tend to do it more with a female, and I don't know why. I don't really know why. That sounds Talk, really sexist. Toxic femininity. That's, That's that, I is. know, it sounds sexist, but probably <laughs> if it's a female around my age, I will likely ask for advice. Where if, if it's a guy, I'm like, I'm not sure if he drinks wine or knows anything about wine, I don't bother. And I'm not, not to say that he doesn't, But if I feel like he doesn't care or the server doesn't care, I don't ask. Male or female, I don't ask. If you seem like you're just there for because it's your job, 
I'm not going to bother. But if you seem very into it and you're giving us other meal suggestions, I'll say what pairs well with this. Great. Awesome. Thank you. I care what the bartender thinks in that if they're busy, I don't want to add to their workload. Maybe even if I did want one of those blender kind of drinks, if it's busy, the last thing I want that bartender to have to do (laughs) is make me a complicated drink. Okay. And it all depends. Let me tell you something. It all depends on where you are, Scott, because you you are right. They will fucking hate you. Yeah, I know. Listen, they'll only hate you if you're doing that kind of shit at like a family restaurant. Don't stroll into Montana's and be like, excuse me, could I please have uh, whatever your your exact martini with two different types of vodkas, exactly three olives, the way that you like it, perfectly shaken, not stirred. (laughs) You remember. (laughs) Whatever it might be, right? When you got a stuffed fucking moose hanging from a wall in the restaurant, (laughs) yes, they hate you. Yes. This is not why I wanted to be a bartender at fucking Montana's. They all fucking talk shit about you when they leave the table. Don't do it. But if you're going to an actual place with a mixologist, Uh that's where you luck out when it comes to you being either particular or not. I sat at a bar. It was actually the highlight of Quebec City because the people were fucking rude. But when I went to Quebec City, I stayed at the Fairmont there. Beautiful place. And the staff was awesome. And the bartender was a mixologist. Like, just concocting these incredible things. And they had the smoke coming from the drinks. And they used flames. And it was so exciting. It was a show. Like, basically, I sat at the bar. And I let them give me a show, basically. I said, anything you want to make, make for me. That was fun. You can't go into a regular, like, don't go into fucking Kelsey's. And ask for something picky because, yes, they hate you. The last thing that we take into account when we're ordering drinks. <laughs> this is more and more relevant as I get older, too. How many calories are in that? Oh, you know, I'd like to have a beer, but eh, just right. give me a Michelob Ultra. It's low carb. Right. right. Yeah. And it stares <laughs> you in the face now. I mean, it stares you in the face. If it's a chain restaurant, especially you see it right there. Like, hey, this, by the way, is like. 200 calories a glass. Well, fuck, I want two glasses. So do I want 400 calories worth of drink? Nah, I might have to go late on my food if I do that. I guess. Imagine that. Well, I'll just have an appetizer because I had two drinks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, balance, right? Balance. It's that's true. probably That's probably the opposite of balance. Well, I had 15 vodka shots, but I only had a salad. Balance. <laughs> <laughs> balance. <laughs> I don't think I've ever done it, but one of these days I will tell you guys how to make my martini in the After Nine podcast. Awesome. Uh, oh we should boy. drink the martinis. Never mind that. We should oh, drink we haven't done a Scott Cat drunk chat in a while. Yeah, we, we, we should totally do that. We should do that. And you know what? With technology, the way it is, the abilities that we have to do it, I mean, I could totally do a podcast from home and we could just get fucking hammered and do a podcast. It'd be awesome. And obnoxious at the and same time. And I mean, yeah. and highly offensive. Highly. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we got to go, but just quickly, last but not least, um, you ever had an argument with someone and turned to Google to settle that argument? I literally just did that this past weekend. Yes. Really? What was the argument about? We were watching a movie, and my husband tried to claim that one of the actors was someone in another movie we watched, and I knew it wasn't. I was like, no, that's not him. He's like, yeah, that's the guy from whatever the heck it was. I See, and it's so silly because I don't even remember. I don't remember the actor he thought it was, but I just knew that it wasn't that guy. 
So I paused the movie to Google it. Really? Yes. Hang on. I feel like I'm going to be yeah, right. So I, this can wait. Yeah. If the I movie can wait. Sure, I'm going to be right if here. If I wasn't sure, I'd be right. I'd be like, no, we'll just do it after the movie. Google it later. <laughs> <laughs> now, what's it like when you find out you're right? Right. That's a we Googled it. The Internet yeah. said I'm right. That's when you take a yeah. victory lap. And that's right? when he'll, no, that's when he'll purposely be like, oh, well, it's fucking IMDb. Like, sometimes they're wrong. Like, <laughs> oh, like no, they're sake. not wrong. <laughs> just to piss me off. 77% of us say we have felt a wave of satisfaction when we Googled something we weren't sure about and found out we were right. Historical events, politics, what year something happened, the correct spelling of something, and the actor or actress who was in a movie that you can't remember are all in the top five. So that's good, right? You forget, you're right. You take that victory right. lap. Right. <laughs> you shit talk him afterwards. Um, no. There you go, you fucking no, idiot. <laughs> no. The, the enjoyment of knowing that you were right is enough. Right? Really? Not even a little victory lap, a little dance, nothing, a little butt wiggle? I told you, <laughs> bitch! I told you! <laughs> uh, it is National Puppy Day today. If, it's, uh, if you're a, a dog owner, you know that bond with you and your dog is something special. Happy National Puppy Day mm. to all the puppies, dogs, puppies to be, <laughs> pregnant, cats that think they're dogs. dogs. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I had to take my dog to the vet yesterday because he decided to jump up on the counter for the first time and he ate my girlfriend's pincushion. Oh, no. The one she, I don't even think she sews. I don't even know why the fuck she has this thing or, or why it was on the counter. But he jumped up and grabbed it because it looked like his ball. So I had to take him to the vet to make sure he didn't swallow any actual pins. Oh, Jesus. X-rays, blood work, antibiotics, oh, the whole God, nine yards. Is he okay? He's fine, but fuck. <laughs> fuck. Puppies. That's not what I wanted to do yesterday is spend the day at the vet. You know what you sign up for when you get a puppy, though. Leo used to eat, used to chew when he was a puppy. Leo used to chew on the baseboards at our house. Oh. Yeah, I had to, like, constantly, all they said was, like, basically watch for any bleeding from his butt. And then <laughs> hopefully the wood chips just pass. And they did, thankfully. But the poppy stage, it's a, it's a fun one, but it also has its its moments, and you're just experiencing the moments. I'm sorry to hear that, but I'm glad he's okay. He's fine. He's good. All right, everybody, thank you for listening to After 9. We will have another edition coming your way tomorrow. In the meantime, hit that subscribe button if you haven't already. And, I don't know, tell a friend. That'd be cool. Yeah, sure. Some business news is how the Krispy Kreme is giving free glazed donuts to customers who get vaccinated. Oh. I'd like to meet the one person who's like, oh, I wasn't going to get the vaccine, but... <laughs> I heard about that free donut. Six Flags announced that it will reopen its theme parks in California next month. When asked if it was safe, they said, I mean, as safe as we've ever been. <laughs> Yeah, not only is it March Madness, it's also spring break season. But over the weekend, Miami declared a state of emergency and mandated a curfew due to COVID concerns. You know, things are out of control when Florida is worried about COVID. <laughs> yep, now there's a curfew from 8 p.m. to 6 a.m. So spring breakers will have to return to their motel rooms. Yeah. <laughs> the best way to guard against COVID is forcing drunks into small confined spaces. That's what I've always heard. 
Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance (laughs) recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.